Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful and deep Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called L'Havin Inyin Rashbi Rav Shem Yochai. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in the year Tavshin Memhei, 38 years ago, and the Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Lag Ba'imer, the 33rd day of the Omer, in the year Tavshin Memches, 35 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is, is called Lahavin Inyan Rashbi, to understand the idea of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. And Rebbe said it's known, the Chassidic discourse of Lag Ba'imer from the Rebbe Marash, which is the fourth Chabad Rebbe, who's known as the uh, person that was uh, was uh, kept, uh, was strong on the idea of Lachatchila River, which means that when you're going in, in life, so people deal with life, and when you have an obstacle, you you, you go over. The uh, Rebbe Marash would say, to begin with, go go over the top. So the Rebbe Marash brings what do we what do we find in the Zohar Kodesh. That it says in reference to Rosh Yichai that they used to praise him with tremendous amount of praises, very, very high praises. Like, for example, he brings in the Zohar, the Zohar says, Rabbi Yehuda would call Rav Shemba Yichai, you know what he called him? He called him Shabbos. Shabbos. He, Rav Shemba Yichai, he nicknamed him as Shabbos. Or, for example, it says, <coughs> Man What is the face of our master? If you want to know what the face of our master Hashem looks like, it's the Rashbi of Shem Yechai. So they called him Shabbos. They called him uh, the face of Hashem, etc. So, so to understand this, the 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 Rebbe says, we'll understand it from the praises that we give a Kaddish Baruch that we give Hashem. In other words, what's the question? The question is, Hashem doesn't need our praises, but nevertheless, we praise Hashem. Why do we praise Hashem? So it's known the explanation. Since all the worlds can compare to Hashem, and in order for Hashem to go ahead and give energy and life force um, to these worlds, it's a downgrade for Hashem. Hashem is infinite. So in other words, so in order to awaken Hashem, that Hashem, the infinite Hashem, should give us energy and give us what we need in this world. So therefore we go ahead and praise Hashem. So Hashem really doesn't need the praises. We need to praise Hashem, so Hashem should give us what we need to, to, to sustain the world. And that's why it says in the Talmud that a person, before you go ahead and pray, you should praise Hashem. The first part of prayer is praising Hashem. The question is, why do you have to praise Hashem? Why do we pray? We pray because it's a it's a it's a, a, a biblical commandment, a positive commandment in the Torah that when you, whatever you need, you ask Hashem. So we pray. The biblical commandment is when you need something to ask Hashem. So pray you have to ask Hashem what He needs. And once there's a commandment of the Torah to do something, that gives it its life force. So why do we have to add praising Hashem before we ask Hashem what we want? But the, the, and why do we do that? Because by praising Hashem, we awaken within Hashem the will that He should want to go ahead and provide us whatever we need. So in other words, just to recap, why do we praise Hashem? Seemingly, there's no reason to praise Hashem. Hashem doesn't need our prayer. And the answer is we praise Hashem, so Hashem should want to give us what we need. And even when it comes to prayer, where it's a biblical commandment to pray, we praise Hashem first, so Hashem should want to give us everything that we need. We need. That's in terms of our Kaddish Baruch in terms of Hashem, and in terms of prayer, praising Hashem. So the same thing applies in reference to the Rashbi or Shem Yechai. In other words, because Shem Yechai 
was so powerful and was on a very, very high spiritual level compared to all the other Tanoim from the Mishnah and the Talmud and as he was totally off the charts much greater than them. So since we're dealing with such a powerful person like the Rashbi, Yachai, and we want Roshimah Yachai to give us his blessings, so therefore they went ahead and praised him. So they're comparing Roshimah Yachai, so to speak, to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Just like we praise Hashem, Hashem should bless us and give us what we need. The same reason they used to praise Rav Shem because he was so powerful. And Rebbe says, you could say, this that, um, this that in the Chassidic discourse, we compare the praising of Shem Yechai from the fact that we praise Hashem, it's besides the point that what the simple reason is because in order to awaken Hashem's blessings you praise Him. Same thing also, in order to awaken Hashem Yechai's blessings, we praise Him. But the second point that it brings out is also to try to point out how how great Hashem Yechai was compared to the other Tanoim, the other rabbis at that time just like you can't compare um, the, the, um, the creations of Hashem and the Creator. Just like Hashem is so far infinitely greater than us, the same thing also, Hashem Yechai was so far infinitely great in all the rabbis in that time. And that's why it says in the Hasidic discourse they would praise him with tremendous the, the expression is Shvachim Nairoim. Awesome 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 praises. In other words, what does what does mean? That you can't compare up to the point where it actually brings um a, a, a trembling. That's how that's how far apart it is. Okay. So what we just learned, what we learned was that uh, to that that uh, to, to understand of the power of Shem Yechai, that what they would go ahead and praise him. So they praise him for two reasons. One is they praise them so he should, because you want to praise him, so he should give the, he should be able to produce the blessings. And number two is since he was he was so great compared to them, and that's why they praise him. Just like when it comes to God's Baruch, we praise him to receive the blessing, and also because Hashem is what is off the charts compared to us. And now that was going to go into deep, and he says like this. Based on the verse, it says the sunny might stay The power and the strength is of the foundation of the earth. So a sun comes from the word strength, but a sunim also comes from the same word of tanoim, the the great rabbis of the Mishnah, and they are the ones that established the the um, the oral law, the Torah which is called on the level of aretz, earth. In other words, the idea is that the Tanoim, they would bring the strength into Teresh Wapai, into the, into, into, into the oral law. And the Rebbe says, it's possible that, um, that, so who, the Tanoim brought it into Teresh Wapai, and who gave the strength to Tanoim that they should bring it into Teresh Wapai? That was the Rashbi. The Rashbi is the one that gave him the strength. Because he is the intermediary between the real power and the Tanayim, like explained at length in that Hasidic discourse. So in other words, you have Rav Shem who's the source of the power, and he gives it over to the Tanayim, and from there it goes into the Torah. And Rebbe's going to explain this like this. It was the connection between a Sonim, the real power, and the real strength with Rav Shem So we know, Rebbe says that it's brought down that the Asun, Asun is the, the term for real power, but Asun is referring to what's the real power? The essence of the soul. Now we know in the soul there's five levels. Nefesh, starting from the lowest to the highest. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. So Asun is referring to the essence of the soul, which is the level of Yechida. 
What does it mean, Yechida, oneness? That it's one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, up to the highest level of union. So again, Eizan is the essence of the soul, the oneness of the soul, which is one with Hashem. And this is the connection between Eizan that we just learned before and Roshim Yechai. Why? Because Roshim Yechai was in the level of what? Of Yichud. He was one with Hashem. Like he said upon himself, I'm just like a sign, really, it's everything from Hashem. He didn't see himself at all as an independent entity. Roshim Yechai saw himself as one with Hashem. Like the other expression that says in the Zohar, Bechad Katiris Katana Baby Kuchabrichu. He was totally one with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And like the Zohar uses other terms, Be Yachida, Be Lehita, Be Yistapka, all expressions of becoming of, of one and total unity and total connection with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And Rebbe says in a, in a side note, and like the Rebbe's father, we know was a big Kabbalist, he explained every one of these levels in detail. But the gist of all the three levels is that he was he was totally um, uh, he was totally uh, um, he was totally had a total level of a, a bittle of acceptance, and he, he was totally one on the level of Yechida. So again, so here he's bringing out the idea of Esom, which is the real power, and the real power is referring to Yechida, and that's the connection of Shrim Yechai, who is basically Yochidim Yuchid, he's one with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, with the idea of Esom. And that's why Shem Yechai, who was in that level where he was one with Hashem, he had no independent existence, he was totally nullified to Kaddish Baruch Hu. that's why he was the source of the inner part of the Torah, Pneumius of Torah Chsidus, which we call Rosin Deirais, the secrets of the Torah, which is actually the Neshama Deirais, the soul of the Torah, or to take it even a step deeper, Rosin de Rosin, which means the secrets of the secrets, or the soul of the soul of the Torah. In other words, and in the soul the soul, what's included of the that is included the level of Yechida. So that's what Rabbi Mechai's connection with Primius Torah. But not only that, Rabbi says that even when he learned the revealed part of the Torah, the the, the, the Chumash, the prophets, the writings, the Mishnah and Talmud, and that was actually most of his learning was in the revealed part of the Torah. The way he learned it was was on the same spiritual level, like you learn Primius Torah in other words, what's the difference? The difference is when you learn Pneumius of Torah, you actually, it's like almost bringing in a big light. And it was in the, in the words of Kabbalah, it's called you're just bringing in a very powerful light into this world. In other words, because we know the big difference between learning the revealed part of the Torah, which is Mishnah, Talmud, Medrash, etc., and Pneumius of Torah, Kabbalah, etc., that in the revealed part of the Torah, what are you dealing with? You're dealing with materialistic things. An animal, a person, a dispute, uh, something physical, a contract, whatever it may be, something physical. Why are we dealing with physical things? Because the purpose of the Torah is to transform and elevate the world. However, when it comes to Pneumius Torah, the Chassidus part of the Torah, Kabbalah, that's not about, that's not really engaging and, and transforming the world. But the, when you learn Pneumius Torah, you learn Chassidus, the main thing is not for transformation, but it's to draw in powerful lights into the world. So again, the revealed part of the Torah is about transformation, and the concealed part of the Torah is about bringing in the light on high. However, the Rishbi was that even when he learned Nigla Torah, which is about transformation, he did it in a way where he brought in a powerful light into the world. So in other words, by, by the Rishbi, even when he learned the revealed part of the Torah, what, what was shining was premius of the Torah, the light of the Torah, up to the point that when he learned the revealed part of Torah, he was literally drawing in godliness from on high down to this world. And that's the real power. 
that Shimonichai had over the, all the other all the other Tanoim. Why? Because all the other Tanoim, the teachers in the Mishnah and the Talmud, their main occupation was either either in the revealed part of Torah or in the concealed part of Torah. Because we know that most of the rabbis in the Mishnah and the Talmud, they basically were busy with learning the revealed part of the Torah. Mishnah, Talmud, Tosefta, Medrash, etc. In other words, that there was very few that were into Kabbalah, etc. As you know, for example, Rabbi Yehuda, it says everything he was busy with was Mizakim, he was all about damages. And these, this part of Torah, the revealed part, is revealing with the materialistic physical world, literally the materialistic world. Damages, uh, 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 false, false uh, claims, etc. And, and the purpose is to, to uh, transform and elevate the physical world. However, those that learned Pneumius Atarach, Siddhas, knows the, 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 the Maisim cover, the way the chariot works, um, etc., they didn't, they didn't preoccupy themselves with the materialistic physical part of the Torah. Like for example, he gives an example of Rechuni Menachana that he basically he 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 was he wrote the book Sefer Akana. So the fact is, in 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 the revealed part of Torah, you hardly find from him. You have two extremes: it's either revealed part of the Torah, which is most, or you have the concealed part of the Torah. However, Rashbi was unique that besides the fact that he was very very involved in Pneumius Torah, which means he brought down godliness into the world. Um, but it was on a whole different level, and he actually brought in that level into the revealed part of Torah as well. As well, like like the like the famous verse that says "Mechatz Vani Erpa." So the so the the spiritual insight is that um, through the Rashbi, he was able to heal, and he was able to nullify the division between the revealed part of the Torah and the concealed part of the Torah. Up to the point that by the Rashbi, the revealed part of the Torah what was all the same thing. So, in other words, what did we just learned that generally speaking, you have the revealed part of the Torah, it's about transformation. Concealed part of the Torah is about bringing in the light. If the, all the rabbis that were involved in the revealed part of the Torah really were not involved in the concealed part of the Torah, those who were involved in the concealed were not part of the revealed. Rosh Hashim was unique that on one hand, he was involved in previous servants, he brought down godliness. He was also very involved in the revealed part of the Torah, but on a whole different level where he brought godliness into the world versus transformation. So based on this, Rebbe explains, now we'll see the real power of Rosh Hashim over all the Tanoim, up to the point where you can't even compare. And because he was so powerful, and he was off the charts, so in order to awaken Rav Shemayachai, that they should create blessings and flows of energy, they have to go ahead and praise him. They have to, they have to praise him so that he, would, that, he would, that, he would, that he would share the powerful energy that he had, the powerful light. And it was like this. This that was saying that Rishon Yechai was in the level of Eisan, which is Yechida. So when you're dealing with the Neshama, and again, just to recap, the Neshama is five levels. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, the highest level is Yechida. So the, qual- the, the energy and the, and the, the um, quality of the level of Yechida, the highest level, over the four lower levels, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, and Chai, is off the charts. It's not like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, and then... Pfft, Wow, Yechida is much higher. And like you see that it's called Yechida. What does Yechida mean? It comes from the expression of Yachid, oneness. And what does real Yachid mean? Yachid doesn't mean this is one and you have two. Yachid means that there's no, there's, there's nothing else like it. It's unique. It's unique. So Yechida is off the charts. In other words, you're going to say one second. 
The fact is, Yechida is also a creation. It's in the, it's in the Neshama that's created in this world. And the fact is, all the five levels, including Yechida, is connected to the soul, which is in the body. And it has a name. Like it says, there's five names. Nefesh, Ruach, and Shama, Chai, Yechida. But nevertheless, Yechida, even though it's one of the five names, and even though the soul is in the body, but it's connected to Yechid. In other words, it's connected to the to the spark of the creation, which is connected to, to the spark of the creator. So therefore, so what do you see from here? When it, we're dealing with the Yechida, even though it's part of it, but still in all, it's, it's off the charts connected to the infinite part of Hashem. So when you're dealing with the Yechida HaKlalis, the general Yechida, of all the levels of, 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 of creation, and how much more so of Torah, so obviously it's much higher and you can't even compare even from the soul of the Torah and how much more so from the revealed part of the Torah in other words the, the, the laws of the Torah which is called the, 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 the body of the Torah so therefore since the, the Rashbi was in this high level of Yechida where it's off the charts so in order to awaken in the Rashbi which is called the ace on the real power the real strength the level of Yechida and especially the internal part of it there's the concealed, which is totally concealed, not concealed for reveal, but the essence of concealment, that we come down into the learning of the Torah, into the revealed part of the Torah, up until when you deal with damages, etc. The, the, the Tanoyim that learned the, these halachot, in a way that they have to transform the world, so in order for them to bring down from the level of Rishim Yechai, they have to praise Him. Why? Because in order to awaken within Rishim Yechai, that He should want to give off a flow of energy, which is off the charts, the way to accomplish that one is by going ahead and, and, and praising Him. Okay. So now, Rebbe asks a simple question. He says, yes, one second. What did we just learn? Rabbi Shvi was off the charts from all the other Tanayim, from all the other rabbis. So if that's the case, if he was off the charts and they're down here and they're trying to praise him so he should give off the energy so they could, it could help them with, when they're, with their learning of the Torah. So the question is, how could it affect on them up to the point to create something to, to, that, that he should want to do it? I mean, if they're off the charts, how are they even going to reach him? That's question number one. More, Dervis says, you have to understand. Let's look at the praises that, they, that, they, that, that you praise Hashem. We praise Hashem so that Hashem should give us energy. What's the purpose? The purpose is that to awaken the will within Hashem that He should want to give us create the us uh, 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 creations. He should want to give us energy. But the fact is, when you're awakening the will of Hashem, in Hebrew it's called Ratzon, the will is where you where you're trying to reach. the essence of Hashem, which is what off the charts. In other words, the goal is when you praise, you want to reach the essence of Hashem, and the goal is to come down, that essence should come down into the spheres. So the question is, just like the answer of Hashem Yichai, how, can we, how, how are they able to reach Hashem Yichai? The question is, how is it possible that when we praise Hashem, we're going to reach the essence of Hashem? We're, we're, we're finite, we're nothing compared to Hashem. How can we reach so high? So the Rebbe said it's known that this, that 
in Kabbalah is called when we when there's an awakening from below. We're trying to reach on high. So when we do our avodah, it's called halas man mayim nukvim female waters. So this that the female waters man mayim nukvim females waters of the ones that are create are create created by Hashem also are praises. This that we have the power to awaken that Hashem should want to give off uh, give off energy is because. Not because we really have the power. Technically, we don't have the power. We're fine that God's infinite. But the reason why we're able to reach Hashem is because that was Hash- that's what Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted, and Hashem chose, that when we reach out to Hashem, when we praise Hashem, we, that's something which is important to Hashem. So it's not that we, we're reaching out to Hashem and we reach Him. No, Hashem set it up that when you reach out to me, I'll respond. And if Hashem didn't set it up that way, how can we reach Him? So knows, practically speaking, even though God's infinite, we're finite. How are we reaching Him? Because Hashem, the infinite God, said, when the finite human being reaches out to me, I'm going to respond. That's the rules of engagement that Hashem set up. Not only that, when we reach out to Hashem, which is Kabbalah, it's called Halas Man, the Mayim Nuk from the female waters, reach out to Hashem. Um, so what happens then is not only does Hashem respond, there's actually a change in the light. That A, we reach Hashem, and B, that this infinite light, which is really infinite, will change in a way that it can come down to this world, even though in theory it has no connection to this world. Now why is that? Why is it that, that Hashem created in such a way that we should be able to reach Him? And now that we reach Him, that the light will come down and actually be, be, a, be able to come into this world. And Rebbe says the explanation is very, very simple. Since we know that our Kaddish Baruch, when He created the world, I'll say it in Hebrew, because it's the foundation of a big part of mysticism, and it says, Nis'ada Kaddish Baruch Hu, Leo Baruch Hashem had a, a desire. Now, a desire means there's no logic, there's no reason. Hashem's desire was that he should dwell down in this materialistic world. Now, again, a desire means no reason, above reason. Like the Altarba says, and I'll say it in Yiddish, that's the, the, the language the Altarba said it, if I tie this kinkasha, there's no question about a desire. When someone has a desire to do something, you say, well, gosh, it's off the charts. And yeah. Someone had a desire. Hashem had a desire. He wanted to have a dwelling place. God should be revealed where? Where God is concealed. Now, so since we're dealing with a desire and a a pleasure from Hashem, and what was Hashem's desire? To have a dwelling place in this world. And what does it mean in this world? In Takhra, in a place where God's concealed, and in the lowest levels of concealment. So therefore, since God wanted to have a dwelling place there, so therefore, when when we go ahead and reach out to God, in the terms of Kabbalah, halas man, female waters, when we reach out to uh, God, then we affect the light, that we reach Hashem, and the light is transformed, when the, trans, the, the light, the infinite light can come down to this world. I know that you can see me, you can add, you can add as follows. This that all the most of the the praises when we praise Hashem. So, for example, where do we praise Hashem every single day in the prayers before we do the Shema? It's called Psukidism where we praise Hashem. What's the what are we praising Hashem? We're praising Hashem the way Hashem gives energy to this materialistic world that He created. 
Why is that? Because besides the fact, when you're praising Hashem, you want to praise something that you're trying to awaken to happen. So in other words, you're trying to awaken that Hashem should keep on giving energy to this world, so you praise Hashem, that Hashem is, that Hashem is the life force of the world. And when we go ahead and praise Hashem, that what happens then is that Hashem gives actually life force to this world. And, and we praise Him the way He gives life force in the world. Through that we awaken and we reveal God's desire and pleasure to have a dwelling place down to this world. So again, so so far we just learned about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. In other words, the question was, what, how are we reaching Hashem? And the answer is, because Hashem may, allowed it to happen, that's how you reach Him, and then if the, the light changes. Why did Hashem allow it to happen? Because since Hashem wanted a dwelling place in this world, so therefore when we praise Hashem about the way He, when he, when he, when he created the world, maintains the world, about what He's doing, that will cause Hashem to give more light and energy into this world. So that's in reference to Hashem. Now the same thing applies in reference to the praise of Rav Shemim Yechai. In other words, this that they praise Rav Shemim Yechai, what do they praise him? They praise him so that, what was the goal of praising Rav Shemim Yechai? They praise him so that he should allow the flow of energy. And what is the energy of Shemim Yechai? The ace on the real power, the real strength, the Yechidah. And, and through that, the energy should come down in, in learning of Torah of the Tanayim at that time when they learned the revealed part of Torah to transform the world. In other words, why is that? That's because there is a quality in transformation of the world. In other words, in transforming the world, and that is the, the will and the pleasure on high of transforming the world. So in other words, like this. On one hand, what we say, Yeshua Mechai is so high. Yes, true. But the Tanoyim, what were they doing? They were busy transforming the world. And the goal is to transform the world. So when they praise Yeshua Mechai, they reach his Yechida that he should give energy to the Tanoyim that are busy transforming the world. And that's why it says, by a sonim, which we said is the, the letters of Tanoyim, the rabbis, that learned in the Mishnah and the Talmud, Moistayaretz, the foundation of the earth. Now, Eretz literally is translated as earth. But Eretz also comes from the word of Ratzon, will. Not only that, Eretz is will, but Eretz is also associated with the idea of a chuka, a yearning. Like Gerber quotes the verse, So Eretz is will and a yearning. That means the will and the yearning and the pleasure on high is what? Moistei Eretz. So Aretz is like, it's like, takes you a 360. You know, the, the Aretz on one hand is will and yearning, and the will and the yearning is Aretz, the physical world. In other words, transforming the physical world, and especially transforming areas of damages that happens through, has the transformation happen through the Sonim, the, the, the rabbis in the Talmud that are the foundations of the earth, through the fact they reach the Ratzin and the Tainug to bring down the energy into this world. Now, when they draw in the light of Pnimi Satoira, which is above transformation, we said that's, that's my Lamata, which is the Torah, the teaching of Rashbi, and he brings that into the, the sun in which are moist Aretz. And through that you have a, a, a greater power in transformation. So what happens then is the light gets elevated. Why? Because there's greater power in the light that comes from transforming the physical world. Not only that, 
through the fact that the light comes into the sun in the arts, which again are the people that do the transformational part, and it comes from the energy, the flow of the Roshim Echai, which is from a light which is above transformation, so you have both qualities. You have the quality of Ur Yashar, which is the quality of Roshim Echai, where the light is coming in, but you also have the quality of Ur Chazer, where the light gets trans- is transformed, up to the point where it says, La Savot Sadikaya Batayufta. You can have a tzaddik, which is Ari Yashar, but Tayufta is also going to do Chuba, it's Ari Khazer. And as you have the quality of both, of the tzaddik, and the quality of, of, of the Valchuba, of the Tanoyan that are basically transforming the world. And Rebbe says, he'd like to connect this with the teaching of the Zoya. The Zoya says like this. That there was the uh, there was a time there was a zimna chanda habit There was a time there was a drought, and the world needed rain. People are gonna uh, get dehydrated. They're gonna they, they're gonna start. They they, they they needed nourishment. They needed rain. They needed water. So they came to Rab Shimra Yechai, Rab Yesa, Rab and the other Chavraya. So Rab Shimra Yechai, Rab Yesa, Rab and the other Chavraya. So what happened? They needed rain. So what, what did Rabbi Shemichai do? He went ahead and he taught them the verse. How nice and how beautiful it is everyone sitting together. And voila, the rain came down. So that's the Zohar. So the, 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 uh, in the Chassidic teachings of the Tzamech Tzedek, the third Chabad Rebbe, and the Rebbe Marash, the fourth Chabad Rebbe, and he says like this, even though had the Rashbi bring the water down. He basically taught Torah. And what's Torah we like we learned before, especially the teaching of Rashbi? It's Momaila Lamata. He brought it down from high down to low. So if that's the case, who did it? So but nevertheless, what does it say when they came? There's Rabbi Yaisi there, Rabbi Chizkiya there, and the other other Chabreya as well. Why is that important? If it's all about the teaching, why is it important to tell us about all the other people there? And the answer is because they needed the other Chavraya, the rest of the group, to create the Halas Man, the awakening below, and to praise him. And by praising him, <coughs> they actually created an a, a upgrade in Rashbi, like we know the famous teaching that says, Talmida Kulon, that through the students you have much greater impact, much greater energy. Now so, so you see again, you need the shvachim to make it happen. And Rebbe goes on to say as follows: What's this connection specifically of bringing down rain? Because in reference to rain, it says as follows in the in the, in the Torah: Kiloi himta, there was no water, and it says the adam ayin there was no one there to work the work the earth. What's the question? If there's no rain, what's the work in the earth? And the answer is because rain comes down through doing when we do our work. And especially when we do what work? The, the work of tshuva. When we turn to Hashem. Like the verse says, in the Torah, Yarev Kamato Likhi. So the commentaries tell us that when we go ahead and break, so to speak, our, our back, we do our avoido, then rain comes down. However, when it came to the, the rain from Rashbi, which came down without any uh, tremendous effort, but you also had there the the awakening, the Allah man, the Mayim Nukvim from the students, which is Milmatul Milo. So you had both qualities. You had the Milo of Tzadikim, Rav Shemichai teaching the Torah Milmatul, and you also had the Milo of what of the of the of the students of, of doing the avoid of, of, of the avoid down here. 
The Rebbe says, possibly you can add as follows, that drawing down the energy of Roshbi, which is the Eson, the real power, the Yechida, into the Eisonim, Moist the Oretz, um, the, the, the Tanoim, who are the foundations of the earth, um, it, 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 to transform the physical world, it's 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 just like it's explained elsewhere in reference to the yichida of the soul. Like we said before, the, there's five levels. Yichidi is the highest. In other words, this that the yichida gets um, spread out over the four cubits of every single of, of the person, and that's why we know that according to Jewish law, if you're standing somewhere and something falls within your few, four cubits, that's your that's your space, even if you don't know. If it lands in your space, it's yours, because the Yechida spreads around. Why is that? Because it's there to acquire something that's in your space, and it requires something material, material, physical, outside your literally your physical body. What's the reason? The reason is to transform what you're we're acquiring for for the sake of Hashem. Because when you when we transform something physical, you actually reach the essence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So you see from here that the Yechida on one hand is powerful; it's the highest level. But on the other hand, the Yechida creates a space, a physical space that comes yours that you can acquire things so you can transform the world. So the same that's on a physical level. The same thing applies to the Yechida of Torah, the Torah Rashbi. That what's the purpose? The purpose is to go ahead and create a transformation in the physical world. So Rebbe like this: Based on what we just learned, now we'll understand why. Uh, that the praises they praise Rashbi, that um, like it's brought down in the in the, in the, in the discourse, to to awaken within him that he should give the flow of energy. Like for example, we said that the one rabbi called him Shabbos, or the other one says, "Who is in the face of a Kaddish Baruch Rashbi?" Because in in these specific praises of Shabbos and the face of Hashem is refer, you have in it. On one hand, you're drawing it from the highest level, which is totally disconnected from the from 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 the materialistic world, and you're bringing it down here. And not only that, but it happens what well, through our avodah. So there's two ma- two major points. One is you're drawing it down, and b it impacts the world. And we see these two things in reference to Shabbos and Hashem. Why? Because in reference to Shabbos, what does it say? Shabbos says Kodeshi. It's holy. What does Kodesh mean? <coughs> So that we learned before in a different discourse, there's kadosh, that means something is holy, it's a something and it's holy, but kodesh means it itself is holy. Shabbos in itself, the expression is kodesh milibagami, Shabbos in itself is holy. In other words, Shabbos is totally disconnected and you can't compare it to the six days of the week. The six days of the week, and Shabbos is not like a seven day, it's off the charts, kodesh, it's holy. But nevertheless, what gets drawn down from Shabbos Gets drawn down energy to the days before Shabbos. You're praying for Shabbos, and days afterwards, like we know that from the, from Wednesday already is considered before Shabbos, and until the following Wednesdays after Shabbos. And besides, in the fact that we know that Shabbos blesses all days of the week, so in other words, so Shabbos on one hand it has its own on its it's holy on its own right, but then again Shabbos spills into the week. The same thing also in reference to human beings. In other words, even though we know Shabbos is holy on its own, comes the seventh day, Shabbos, it's holy. You don't have to do anything. Why do you have to do anything? Not like Yontid has to Rosh Chodesh, you have to establish the month. There's no establishing nothing. Shabbos comes, it's holy. Why? Because Shabbos is on a very, very high level. Like we said, Shabbos is holy on its own. And, and so therefore, no, no one can really touch it. You can't really mess with it. By Yomim Toivim, depending on when you make Rosh Chodesh, you can play with what they Rosh Chodesh is. But Shabbos you can't play with. 
But nevertheless, even though Shabbos is holy, but Hashem gave us the ability and the power to add in Shabbos. Like it says clearly in the Torah, to remember Shabbos to make it even holier. Up to the point that we add in the pleasure of Shabbos. Like it says clearly, whoever makes Shabbos holy, it makes, it make, makes it enjoyable. So that's what, in terms of what Shabbos, and when Shabbos is very, very powerful, but then we have the power to add into the, into the physical world to make the, make the world uh, on the level of Shabbos. That's first example. We gave the praise the way they praise Rosh The second example is, they said, Man Pnei Ha'adayin Hashem. Who is the face of Hashem? Rosh Why is that? Why do you use that example? Because Pnei Ha'adayin Hashem, they use the term Yudkei Vavkei. Yudkei Vavkei is the essential name of Hashem. It's the same, in the Hebrew it's called Shem Amafur, Shem Amyuchad. It's a very, very powerful name of Hashem. <coughs> so that's on one hand, Yudkei Vavkei. But nevertheless, the other term they use, Pneha Adoin, this to Hashem is called Adoin, like a master, so like it says in, in, in the Talmud, why, why is Hashem called Adonai? Because He is the master on, on all the creations. So in other words, Adonai is really connected to which sphere? The sphere of Malchus. And not only that, in Malchus itself, the way it comes down to the world of what? Abriya to create the world, and to be a ruler on, on, on everything in the world. So in other words, so from the, from the expression of, of Chazal, that you're the master of the world, so means that you're the master over things that were created, simple creations. In other words, it's like a master is a master over servants. So, when it, but on the other hand, when it says, Hashem, so what are we doing is, so on one hand, we're taking Adin, which is a master over the materialistic world. On the other hand, it's Yud K, Vav K, the infinite part of Hashem. So when we say, Adin Hashem, reference to Rosh B, it's the unification of Yud K, Vav K, the essence of Hashem, and the part of Hashem, which is the master of the world. And that's why when it comes to the mitzvah, in the Torah, it says a person has to go um, uh, see Hashem. It says, Every male has to go up to see Hashem. It's Pnei Ha'adoin Hashem. It says, use again the term Adoin, which is the way Hashem relates to the world. And Yudkei Vavke, the infinite part of Hashem. And like it says, just like a person is coming um, uh, to see, you're coming to be seen. In other words, besides the fact, when you go up to 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 Yerushalayim to, to, to do Aliyah Regal, you literally saw godliness. And, was, and we know that seeing is much higher to understand. They literally saw godliness. And up to the point when you saw, you saw the essence of Hashem. Like it says, to see the, uh, the face of Hashem. So not only that, the seeing of the godliness was in a way, we saw godliness. In other words, just like you, just like, just like you see it from on high. And just like, just like you came to see, you were seen. Like it says, Yashar Yachzik that, that the seeing from on high and the seeing from below, they're equal. They're equal. So that's why it says, In other words, because you want to have the unification of seeing from down here with the way you see on high. In other words, the idea is you have other in Hashem, you have the union of other in the part that's connected to the world and the infinite part of Yudke Bavke. So again, so we see that both Shabbos and both Pnei Adin Hashem have both components. On one hand, it's connected to the highest, but nevertheless, it's connected down to on the lowest level in the materialistic world. And Rebbe said he'd like to add 
when it comes to the mitzvah of going to, to the temple three times a year, it's also in what's part of the mitzvah? You have to bring a sacrifice. It's called three, you have to bring a sacrifice. Like it says clearly in Torah, you can't cut empty hand, you have to bring a carbon. So there you see the tremendous quality of transformation that by bringing a physical sacrifice, and now yeah, according to many opinions, you can't just bring it from a bird. It has to be literally from, a, from an animal. And that, specifically bringing a sacrifice, you can see Hashem. In other words, how do you want to see Hashem? Bring a sacrifice. On one hand, it's physical, but on the other hand, you're getting to see Hashem. In other words, you get, get to see the internal part of Hashem and the way of seeing it up to the point, like he says, Yasha, Yasha, through the physical sacrifice, you get to see the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So now, the Rebbe's going to explain beautifully, and he says like this. Based on this, Rebbe says, we'll understand, in reference to the, when the Rashbi's, the Rashbi Yechai's passing, what's the connection? We know the Rashbi Yechai passed away. When? In, la, in the sphere of Oimer, county the Oimer. Not only that, the day of his passing, based on the Jewish custom, you ask him, when is the day of the passing of Rashbi Yechai? They'll tell you, Lag the Oimer, the 33rd day in the month, in the county of the Oimer. So you see the Rashbi passed away in the Oimer and is associated in a strong level with the idea of the Oimer. What's the connection? And they're explaining like this. What is the avoid of the spiritual work of Sfiris Oimer? The spiritual work of Sfiris Oimer is transforming your emotions. Emotions of who? Of the animal soul. So the, what do we do in the Sfiris Oimer? We transform our animal soul, all the emotions of the animal soul. But nevertheless, and on the contrary, that's why specifically in this myth we say that through that we go ahead and transform our animal soul, all the emotions in our animal soul, it says, I'll quote it and I'll translate it, there's going to come down a tremendous amount of energy in all the worlds. Why is that? Because when you transform the physical world, you transform the physical world, transform the animal soul, you reach the highest level. And from there, you bring down a heavy flow of energy. Not just a light, which is a ray, but literally a shefa, a tremendous flow, the essence of it itself. Not only that, like it says, shefa rab, a tremendous flow. And because you're bringing down a tremendous flow, because it's so strong, it's all over the place. It's all over the world. Up to this physical world, and in this world, in the, on the lowest level. So again, so you see that what's the avoid of sphere soima? One hand, it's transforming our animal soul, but through that we reach... Tremendous heights to bring down tremendous blessings. So this is the connection of Shemayichai with Sfiris Oimer. And in that itself, the day of the 33rd day of the Oimer, which is basically the end of the, of the heavy work of Sfiris Oimer in the, in the, in the main Midois. So for the first 33 days of the Oimer, we deal with the main Midois. And afterwards, we still do with the Midas, but the main ones are taken care of. And what is it connected to the idea of Rashbi? Because what's the, what was the spiritual work of the Rashbi? The spiritual work of the Rashbi was to heal and nullify any division between anything godly and anything physical. And to bring in, the Shemachai's power was to bring in from the highest level down to the lowest level. From the level of Eson, Yechida, down to Aritz, down to the earth. And this is in a, stands in a revealed way. On the day he passed away, on the 33rd day of Oimer, like it's brought down the holy letters from the, from the Alter Rebbe, that on the day of a Histalkus, the day someone passes, passes away, all the work that they worked, their whole life, stands in a revealed way, the way it's in its source. 
And let's explain that length in the Chassidic discourse, Lagba Oimer, in the Siddha of the, of the Mittal Rebbe. So we see the Rebbe is connecting the idea of what? Sviras Oimer. Transforming the animal soul brings down all the blessings. Roshim Yechai, his goal was to bring from Asam, from the highest level, Yechida, down into this world. And Rebbe finished off and he says, this idea comes down literally to what, on a physical level, to the level of Simcha Kibshutai. You have real materialistic, physical joy and happiness. And from here, from this simcha, from this joy, we'll continue on to the greatest simcha, the greatest joy. And as we know, Durba says, simcha has the power to break any boundaries. We're going to have simcha's oilam, really simcha in this world, which breaks all the boundaries. And what's the most important boundary? The boundary of gullus, the boundary of exile. And it's going to bring the true and complete redemption. Through Mashiach to Kenu, because we know Mashiach is going to bring the tzaddikim to go ahead and do tshuva, and that's connected with what with spreading chassidus, like we're doing now. We're learning and we're teaching chassidus all over the world, and like it says, a mosaic osi mar When is Mashiach going to come? When we spread the wellsprings all over the world, and Rebbe finishes off powerfully bimheira biyameinu mamash. Should be quickly in our days ubagala didan. Right here and right now. So here we just learned another beautiful, powerful Hasidic discourse. Heavy, heavy Kabbalah here, heavy insight. But more importantly, what is Rashbi? Rashbi is, on one hand, he's the most powerful human being. Eson, Yechida. But on the other hand, we have the power to reach him. Just like we have the power to reach a Baruch Hu and bring down that powerful blessings into this world. And like the Rebbe says on a practical level, hopefully it shall give us all the great Simcha and the Simcha with the Agula, Amitis, Rashlema. And God's willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Irak Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.